Hello and welcome to another episode of Cranky Talk, a show for avgeeks and non-avgeeks alike. We continue to tackle everything happening in the aviation world in the time of COVID, and today we're going to talk about partnering. So this is uh, this is post-vax life. Everybody's getting together. Relax, Dave. This is airline partnering. You can do whatever you want in your off time, but today. <laughs> We're going to talk mostly about domestic airline partnerships now that American has been cozying up with both Alaska and JetBlue. Ooh, uh, bi-coastal romance. Very steamy. It's, it's more like two people on the coasts having a Texan affair. But before we get into that, I want to welcome our brand new sponsor, BetterHelp. BetterHelp provides professional counseling done securely online, and we're going to talk more about this a bit later in the show. But first, let's get started. It's been a long time since we've seen big domestic partnerships between airlines. For the most part, those airlines that wanted to partner just ended up merging. The partnerships remained, but those ended up being scaled back, like Alaska and American, or ended, like JetBlue and American, a few years back. Hold on. I, I thought you said we were talking about those exact airlines. Uh, those partnerships are gone? Okay. All right. Let me clarify. So the old partnerships are gone. But in 2019, American had a change of heart. It started surveying the landscape and realized that it was going to be far better off if it actually partnered with Alaska and JetBlue because it couldn't achieve its goals and become competitive otherwise. All right. Achieve its goals? Like what? World, world domination? Uh-huh. Yeah. You didn't know? Yeah. But uh, no. So on the West Coast, American was stuck with L.A. as its Pacific gateway hub since United had San Francisco as a fortress and Delta had built up Seattle. And uh, American had stood up flights to places like China and Hong Kong and added a bunch of otherwise useless domestic flying to try and support the operation. And uh, the end result was completely unsurprising. It was a hemorrhaging of cash. So what did American do? Well, it came up with a plan. It figured it could move its Pacific Gateway to two places. Uh, so Dallas-Fort Worth, home for the airline there, was already serving in that role for much of the country, kind of east of the Rockies. Uh, and that would continue. But American would also move Pacific flights up to Seattle. Starting a Pacific Northwest land war with Delta? I mean, everyone knows getting involved in a land war in Asia is a classic blunder, but the Pacific Northwest, maybe not. <laughs> I'm just glad to hear you haven't tuned out yet, Dave. So the problem with Seattle for American is that it couldn't build the big connecting domestic network it would need to fill all those international flights. But if it got back into bed with Alaska, it could have the network turned on immediately. All those Alaska flights could feed American. So it did that, and then it announced flights to London, Bangalore, and Shanghai to start. Why didn't they just do this before? Uh, I can't say I know the answer to that, but I'm assuming arrogance had something to do with it. <laughs> Uh, American was the biggest airline in the world. It didn't need help. But then, you know, changing sentiments uh, got them to come to their senses. And the big problem was money. Oh, tell me about it. <laughs> different, different kind of uh, problem, but <laughs> sure. Either way, in traditional code-sharing relationships, like when a traveler buys a ticket on United but the flight's actually flown by Lufthansa, there's something called a pro-rate agreement. And the airlines have a set formula for determining how the revenue gets shared between two airlines when a ticket spans both of them on a single fare. And when it comes to short-haul airlines connecting to long-haul airlines, the short-haul airline doesn't usually end up with much. 
And they'd rather fill those seats with their own customers in local markets instead because they can make a lot more money. Uh, I feel like I heard something about this with Alaska and Delta. You did. And I can't believe you remember that. (laughs) (laughs) But I guess you did live in Seattle back then. I did. Uh, But Delta wanted to build up Seattle. And Alaska either couldn't or wouldn't give them enough capacity to feed these flights, a similar idea to what American wants to do now. So Delta broke it off with Alaska, opted to build its own hub, and declared war. All right, so why is this different with American? This is what I wish I knew the details on, but it's a secret. But what I do know is that American thinks it has found a better compensation structure that creates incentives for Alaska to carry travelers to connect to Americans' international flights. Whether that's true or not, or if it works, I guess we'll find out. But if it's right, this would kind of change the game. And this is the same thing as with JetBlue on the other coast? Exactly. Well, Or I should say it's that plus more. But we'll get into JetBlue after the break. Dave, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. Oh, I have been to therapy. Oh, me too. Yeah. I don't really get why there's such a stigma about this, but there really shouldn't be because, I mean, why? And that's why I'm excited about our new sponsor, BetterHelp. Uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, anyone who has worked in or around travel for the last year could benefit from some therapy. (laughs) Right? This year has been stressful for everyone, but man, throw in furloughs and the complete disappearance of travel, all that extra stress. Sometimes you just need someone to talk to about this kind of thing. It takes a real mental toll. Uh, right. And the thing that always gets me is that it's, you know, pretty expensive, yeah. <laughs> uh, not to, not to get too deep into the, uh, cranky HR weeds here, but we used to have an okay mental health benefit. And then I remember our provider spiked rates more than 40%. Uh, so you had to switch the company. Uh, and now it's not so great. Uh, yeah, I know. And that was actually one of the things I wanted to keep for the team, but we had to make trade-offs. So- it was hard enough keeping any health benefits at all when our revenue disappeared almost overnight. Uh, but this is where BetterHelp can come in. Because BetterHelp is not a crisis line or anything like that. It's professional counseling done securely online. And is more affordable than traditional offline counseling. Oh, and it's far easier. What I like about it is that you don't have to go sit in an office in person. Uh, You can do video conference or you can do audio only. If you don't feel comfortable with video, you can even just message your therapist if you want. Yeah, which is kind of nice. It's always kind of weird when you're just like sitting in that waiting room and then someone else walks out and you lock eyes briefly (laughs) and you're like, uh, so none of that. That's all gone. (laughs) Now, I haven't used the service yet. But they're providing us with some free sessions, which is great as part of this sponsorship. And I'm going to take advantage of it. And I definitely yep. will be uh, reporting back here on the podcast as we as we roll through the weeks. Yep. And if you'd like to give it a try, BetterHelp is giving Cranky Talk listeners 10% off your first month. Just go to BetterHelp.com slash Cranky. Uh, and you can be up and running with a therapist within 48 hours. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash cranky for 10% off your first month. So the basic idea with JetBlue is the same as with Alaska, in that American wants to fly long-haul flights from New York, and it wants JetBlue to feed the airline. But that partnership is about a lot more than that as well. So American already has a larger presence in New York than it does in Seattle, 
but it's not large enough to really compete for the local traffic with United's massive newer cub and then Delta with its big LaGuardia JFK split hub. So it came up with this idea that would let JetBlue use some of its slots and it could use some of JetBlue's for international flights in the peak afternoon. And then on top of that, they partner in Boston, too, where combined they have a formidable presence that really fights against Delta's decision to build that place up as a hub as well. It's uh, it's always Delta. <laughs> it is, actually. And that's because, look, Delta saw plenty of opportunities and decided to push ahead and make them reality. They built Seattle. They built Boston. And, you know, that's there's nothing wrong with that. But now... Americans in that position and it's doing things differently to try and get what it needs to to do. So but back to Alaska versus JetBlue. I think the real difference is that Americans not going to make a big play for local loyalty in Seattle. It'll let Alaska carry that load. Well, American can strategically just pick and choose the markets it wants to fly from there. But in the Northeast, this is about American loyalty as well as JetBlue loyalty. The local traffic makes a big difference there, and they both have something they can generate. All right. So let's say I live in New York and that I care what airline I fly. Oh, this is a stretch. Uh, <laughs> my, my choice is to go to Newark and uh, become a United devotee uh, or stick with Delta between LaGuardia and JFK or become loyal to both JetBlue and American. How does that even work? That's a good question. So even though it does stretch things a bit far to believe that you (laughs) care what airline you fly, uh, as I understand it, the ultimate goal is for American not to care if you're loyal to American or to the partner airline. Uh, Dave, I I know you don't care about New York. So do you love Alaska and mileage plan? Uh, Sure. All right. That wasn't a real question, but okay, you can (laughs) you can stick with mileage plan. If you love American's Advantage program, stick with it. You'll be able to earn and burn miles, get upgrades the same in either program, and it'll be, you know, the airlines will be indifferent to which one you're in. At least that's the end goal. American is a lot further along with this uh, in the Alaska partnership. Uh, It already has mileage earning and redemption between both, including elite miles, all that kind of stuff. And and even the first round of reciprocal upgrades has been put in place for top elites. Uh, But it's a lot harder with JetBlue because JetBlue has a different way of handing out points. And it has no first class cabin for upgrades, uh, except on a couple of routes. This is what they're still trying to work through right now. All right. So until then, I have to pick and choose which one I like best. Uh, not really. I mean, in, in New York and Boston, the airlines have already started moving things around. So they let each other fly to the markets that they want to serve. And JetBlue will primarily serve those leisure heavy markets that need a lot of seats, while American will do more with business markets and long haul international. So, you know, they're, they're kind of helping you decide which airline <laughs> you're going to fly. Uh, look at it this way. The airlines just announced that they'd shift around a bunch of slots and start new flights. So American is going to fly LaGuardia to Houston, Oklahoma City, and Omaha. I'm sure the top three places on your on your list. Yep. Uh, and also uh, JFK to Delhi. So meanwhile, JetBlue is going to fly LaGuardia to Jacksonville, Nashville, New Orleans, Portland, Maine, Sarasota, and Savannah. Uh, as well as JFK to Kansas City, Milwaukee, Puerto Vallarta, San Antonio, San Pedro Sula, and Vancouver. Those are all leisure destinations. Uh, Kansas City? Uh, okay, all right. <laughs> Maybe 
You don't go for barbecue, Dave? <laughs> I, I, I love barbecue, but... You're not a Royals fan? I, 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 when I think of leisure, I don't think of Kansas City. No shade to anybody uh, from Kansas City. <laughs> yeah. I Okay, I'm not actually sure why Milwaukee and Kansas City made the cut. But, but the point here is that in most markets, you'll likely find JetBlue or American, right? So if it's... You know, whichever one you're loyal to, it doesn't really matter. You'll, you'll pick the option on the airline that suits you, and they'll sort out all the earning and burning of miles and all that kind of stuff later. But you don't have a huge choice in most places. All right. But this doesn't really make sense, though. So what about big markets? Is one really going to win over the other? Uh, this seems like a very difficult partnership to put together. You're not wrong. So... This general strategy of one or the other is probably only going to be in place in smaller to mid-sized markets. But then there are markets like JFK to LA, huge market for both airlines. So what they're going to do there is JetBlue will fly some and American will fly others. And they actually have uh, the ability to coordinate schedules. So together, they can just provide full coverage in the market, just spread everything out through the day. And this allowed American to actually free up some of its uh, fancy pants A321T airplanes with flatbeds and all this cool stuff. And they're going to move those up to Boston so they can fly Boston to L.A., uh, where they can again coordinate with JetBlue and have this solid schedule. Okay. How is this even allowed? (laughs) The government is just fine with them cooperating like this, even though they are different airlines? Uh, Well, you know, let's just call that TBD at this point. So... (laughs) So look, American and JetBlue submitted their plan to the Department of Transportation, and they signed off on it with some changes. Like they made them give up some slots and some restricted airports, and put in requirements they have to grow passengers and things like that. Um, So they look at it and say, uh, you know, the two of you guys together can better compete with both Delta and United, so it creates more competition, and. Part of that means letting the airlines cooperate on schedules, but they won't let JetBlue and American cooperate on pricing, which is a very fine line. So we'll see how that goes. But, um, you know, this, this will create more competition instead of crushing it uh, as DOT sees it. And so they were on board. But the big remaining question is with the Department of Justice. So DOJ doesn't have to approve anything, but it can sue if it thinks there's an antitrust violation. And it's been monitoring this for a long time since it first came out, and it hasn't done anything yet. Uh, But if it tries to sue, it's hard to see how it can win that case. Uh, Your Honor, we want these airlines to go back to operating more tiny jets to all the cities they did before and not this dozen-plus spurt of new cities on bigger airplanes that's good for people. Okay, what what do, what are you doing? What 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 voice was that? It's obviously DOJ's counsel arguing in court. <laughs> Duh. <sighs> Jeez. <laughs> Chances are, though, if anything sinks this deal, it's going to be the pilots. the uh, The JetBlue pilots are already wary and voted down an agreement that would have given management the ability to deepen the cooperation further. American pilots don't need to vote on anything, but you can be sure that they will all address it in their next round of contract negotiations. All right. Why do they care? Isn't this the same number of flights, just going different places? Well, the argument for the airlines is that neither can grow in New York on their own because the airports are slot restricted and they're at their limit. So if you're JetBlue, you say, hey, we're going to use these slots at LaGuardia that are Americans. It's more flying for you. And if you're American, you say, hey, 
we're going to give you a bunch of new international flights to Delhi, not to mention Tel Aviv and Athens, which were announced in a previous version of this. And by the way, pilots love getting more high-paying wide-body flights. And then American also says, hey, as this grows, we'll be able to use bigger airplanes operated by mainline pilots and fewer operated by regional partners. So it could and should be win-win, but you know, pilots rightfully don't trust what management says. They've been burned before. Okay, so why go through all of these shenanigans? Why not just merge? Some people do think this is just a prelude to a merger, uh, but it may not be. First of all, there would be a lot of merger-related issues with JetBlue, especially due to the overlap in Florida with American. That flying is not part of this deal at all, uh, but in a merger, something would have to give. And the other part of this is that the arguments being made that these two airlines can do what they do best individually, and that's not something they could do as well as one single airline. It's kind of the opposite argument for every merger. I hate the word, but I guess it's like a reverse synergy. Sorry, you use the word synergy, so now we have to end this before you start saying other terrible mid-2000s business buzzwords. <laughs> good point and good timing. Is it is it really mid-2000s? We don't say that anymore? Because that'll make me happy. Uh, there Actually, there isn't much more to say anyway. So <laughs> if, if these airlines have all found the magic formula to create incentives for them to treat each other's passengers the same, then this would be a huge success. If not, look for spectacular failure. Yay. Thanks for tuning in to Cranky Talk. We'll be back with more deep dives and helpful tips for these turbulent times. And if you'd like to be a sponsor like BetterHelp, let us know. Email us at advertise at crankyflyer.com. Yes, thank you, BetterHelp. Um, please remember to leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. This helps other people find our podcast. Uh, I will read your comments if uh, I see them. Um, and do, if they're do nice. Do you have any more? Any uh, more no, not, not anymore. But, you know, stay tuned for the next surprise. Wait, why, why are you only going to read them if they're nice? It's more fun to read the really mean, angry ones. This is the internet, Dave. Fine. As long as you leave a five-star review, I'll read pretty much anything. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, If you have suggestions for what you'd like us to cover in a future show, let us know via email at info at crankyconcierge.com, or you can find us on Twitter or Facebook at crankyconcierge. If you're looking for the top daily airline news stories, you can subscribe to Cranky Daily at crankydaily.com. 